Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonner Fide Radio, and welcome to On Course with Heart Ramsey. And we call these sessions Heart to heart. It's your opportunity to hear directly from the heart of Pastor Hart Ramsey as he talks about life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and everything in between. Pastor Hart, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is going to be good because uh, the other day when I woke up, I first got wind of this actually from you uh, on Instagram. You had uh, reposted and responded to a tweet that came seemingly out of the blue from one of the most prominent pastors in the world, Pastor Brian Houston, who is the pastor of Hillsong Church, who uh, many have you know kind of modeled uh, their churches after from a music perspective to even structure with churches all over the world, all across continents uh, from Australia to even here in the United States. Well, he dropped this post about a week ago. It says, quote, just blame it on the president. That seems to be the answer to everything. And uh, in what is really becoming your fashion, you know, you don't let this kind of thing just sleep. You you had a response to it. And really, that's really what started catching the attention and ire of people all around the world as many people responded to this tweet. And his only response was to uh, one person where he said something along the lines of, oh, so because I'm not an American, does that make me a second class citizen? And that's all he's had to say about that publicly and ever since then he's been talking about new books being launched new churches being launched but no conversation about that comment what do you make of this comment from brian houston just blame it on the president that seems to be the answer to everything (laughs) first of all you know i want to say this i have what prompted my response to him was I admire this guy. Yes. Yes. I admire him on, on so many levels for, for his longevity for, um, Hillsong started out. I don't know if you know this, but they had a little mantra in the early days of Hillsong where they said, um, you can worship with us if you can find us. Wow. <laughs> where, be- because they were, they just set up in the park and they were, their music ministry was a driving force behind the success of the church. I mean, his, he, he put himself secondary to the worship ministry because he had a plan, he had a vision, and the way he implemented it was just second to none. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to say, I'm gonna say a lot of hard things in this for a lot of believers to understand. Um, the problem with, with the statement that he made was, he ignored not just him, uh, Gerard, but a lot of the the prominent leaders are ignoring all the blatant things that this president is saying and doing him and his administration just just it's over the top and how now i would give him a pass if i thought that they just didn't understand government and policy and politics but the way they 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 were just harping on obama and the, every little thing he did they were on top of it and then they 
all of a sudden they flip the script totally and they have all this mercy and all this grace for, for this president who's on the brink of destroying this um, republic. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, he's not American and then he has not said anything about any of the stuff that President Trump is doing. And then the first comment he makes is blaming on the president after watching Charlottesville play out around the world. No, sir, you are to be you are to be blamed. Mm-hmm. And Paul... When Peter pretended to not be um, down with the Gentiles doing doing Christianity their way, Paul withstood him. Galatians chapter two says Paul withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed, and he dressed him down publicly and said, "You are wrong, and you're encouraging other people to be hypocrites like you're hypocriting now." That's right. And this pastor, who who knows better, who who again he's loved, he's beloved around the world. Matter of fact, my response drew a lot of criticism from people. Um, to, why should you address the man of God like that? Well, um, uh, heads up, I'm a man of God too. <laughs> right. And 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 I don't think that you know. First of all, th- th- there's so much to be said. I want to I want to take it apart piece by piece. Number one, um, when we when we do what Brian Houston did, we are giving other people permission because people are going to follow us. Um, sometimes down the wrong road. And what he did was he was acting as if that the, that the president has no blame in this. Mm-hmm. Um, um, how do we not blame the president for suggesting that the people who are protesting the neo-Nazis, Nazis are walking down the street of America in 2017. Mm-mm-mm. Nazis were defeated in 1948. Um, he, he makes no address about the Ku Klux Klan. Um, unhooding. There's no address being made of any of this. And when you finally speak, you, you say that basically we're wrong in the president. No, someone had to speak to him. And and if no one else will say it, I don't mind because I have nothing to gain from him. Um, all, all I owe him is love. And I do love him. I love his ministry. I love his wife, Bobby. I don't know them personally, but I've been, admired them from afar. And, and um, it, it's enough for that. That's shenanigans right there. What he did was just, just wrong. Why is it that there is such freedom that you know here he is now i cannot say he has no ties to america i mean obviously he's very popular here he has churches here uh that you know he has relationship with and of course he's planted some churches here as well why the the freedom to just say that kind of thing and then to me the I'm trying to find the right word. I'll just call it snarky. The snarky yeah. response to that one person and then the lack of acknowledgement. I mean, this was a big deal here in America for him to say that and the responses that he got and to say nothing and no one else said anything. It's almost as though if we don't say anything, it'll just go away. Yeah. You know, um, the, the truth of the matter is, is that um, the church in America and around the world um, the predominant, uh, the evangelical uh, word of faith, um, independent full gospel. I mean, you you just label that however you want. To the bottom line is, is that they have an agenda. Wow. They have an agenda. What they have done, they've commercialized the church. They, they've turned the church into into consumer um, brand, 
uh, everyone is branding their, their ministries and 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 we can't for a lot of in a lot of ways we can't compete with them gerard i mean in terms of like not, i'm not talking about word level not that's what i'm talking about our anointing i'm talking about the lights and the cameras and the and the um the facilities and the locations and the the multiple location and and the um um what do you call these things the franchise yeah. Or the franchising of, of churches, and you take this model and you reproduce it here, you reproduce it there. They're like showing up in people's city, like Walmart, right? And and they have a certain brand that everybody buy into. You subscribe to it either from seeing them on television or hearing their music. Um, they've turned every platform. I mean, if you don't have lights, um, um, color lights in your sanctuary, we just upgraded our light system to 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 keep up with the trend of of what church is supposed to look like. Th- these are the, these are the purveyors of this of this mindset of church or this culture of church and um they they've, they've garnered a huge following doing this um and and to me when they speak they have to speak responsibly and one of the things that bothers me for the most part is that they, in their churches they are quote-unquote multicultural pastors i want to address that for a minute mm-hmm. the traditional model of a multicultural or a multiracial church is is white leadership mixed congregation right it, um, if if it's black leadership and a mixed congregation, it's still a black church with white people attending. It becomes a multicultural, multiracial church when the leadership is white and the congregation is mixed. And so these, to me, they have a, a fiduciary responsibility to their membership, to their to their constituents, so to speak. That they have, a, a, especially to the the ones that are minorities. To speak to issues like this, and I'm telling you right now, I, I don't ever tell people you, you should leave a church. But I'm going to say this, okay? What he did without making himself, in, in, in just a few words, in, in, a, in, a, in a single tweet, he caused me to question how he see people of color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, um, um, does he buy into the master race mentality? I mean, I'm asking these questions for me. I, I didn't put those questions out there. I, I did correct. I checked him hard. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, 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 and for whatever reason, he didn't respond. Praise God for that. <laughs> Um, uh, but it's true. Uh, um, it's 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 just crazy. And and they're, they're, these people are not idiots. They're brilliant. They know what's going on. And and yet and still, they choose to ignore the white elephant in the room. Right. And they don't want to call it what it is. And the bottom line is, it is racism. And they need to they need to get ready to deal with it. Because here's why: because God is ready to deal with it. Uh. <laughs> And the platform, listen, these very people, the, well, I'm going to say that, but the, the platform, the platform that they, that they have, God gave it to them. And the, the, the Lord has given and the Lord can take away mm-hmm. in a moment. Now, I don't, I'm going to use it, the situation that happened with Joel Osteen and, and the Lakewood thing. Of course, I, I, was, I was appalled at the way people came after Joel. Right. But consider this. Isn't it amazing that all it takes is one crisis to totally wipe all your influence out? That's true. So these guys are playing with fire because now, now in this case, I believe that the Lord is going to stand up for Joel Osteen because he's a good man. His heart is, is in the right place. He's I, I, I've been in Joel's presence several times, had several conversations with him. I've been in Joel's house mm-hmm. and he's just and what you see is what you get. He's a genuinely good guy. That's just what and he's. And he'll tell you in a minute. He's not the smartest guy, not the sharpest, sharpest knife in the drawer, not the most anointed. He'll tell you, I don't know a whole lot of doctrine. But he's just obeying the call. As according to Matthew twenty-five, if you if you just give him one gift, don't bury it, use it. Right. Okay. Um. But in this situation, uh, these guys like Brian Houston, I think they feel empowered not just by President Trump, 
Girardi, but they feel empowered by the men who are Christian leaders in America who are talking like this. Wow. That's where it's coming from. Wow. You, you know, one of the things that was rather challenging about watching all of this unfold, like you, you know, and, and many, many of us uh, have great admiration for Brian Houston and for all that Hillsong has produced. And, well, uh, you know, I've had the privilege of, you know, him actually visiting our church back in Virginia Beach. And, of course, we, we know there, there was great relationship there. Um, and to me, I just think that there's – I don't know what to do with this. So th- this is where I need some help. For instance – You've got a a Brian Houston, who we know is the senior pastor of this Hillsong movement, which is church plants everywhere, so on and so forth. And yet one of the most talked about churches and movements here in the United States is the New York plant of Hillsong, which talks about, you know, how they are reaching out to, you know, these relationships with Justin Bieber and all of these other celebrities that's been accounted for. And it's known that, you know, they are also um, speaking out about Black Lives Matter and all of these types of things. And yet complete silence yep. about this. How do we reconcile that? Because what, what, what was hard for me was to see that tweet and literally two or three tweets later, he is now promoting the new book of the pastor of Hillsong, New York. Someone who I know personally has always been connected to the African-American community uh, and has always reached out to the disenfranchised. What do we do with this? <laughs> you know, I think the thing is, you know, to me, it's a blatant lack of respect. Hmm. Think about this. OK. And, and, and I had this conversation with a dear friend of mine. I, 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 we talked about this. We talked about that black people will go to a, a church and be loyal. I, I don't know if you knew this, but we you know right before, when, at the end of Bishop Park's, um, Earl Park's ministry, mm-hmm. um, he, he, he had uh, several scandals back to back. And I think the second major scandal that he had, most of his most of the white membership left, and, and all that was left was a, a group of, like, a congregation of black people. Wow. Because we're loyal. We are. Yeah. We're loyal. And and, and I've, I've seen this where, where the, someone will be going to a church that's a multicultural, multi, uh, multi-ethnic, multiracial church led by a, a white leader, and and something would happen, and black people don't just run out the door. No, we which don't. We no. Seek, no, we seek to understand. We seek to, matter of fact, we would defend. And and a, and a white pastor friend of mine said, black people learn to follow white people, white ministers by force at first, and then out of necessity, and sometimes out of financial necessity. Wow. So, but but then you flip that around, and most most. White people won't come to a black a black led church because number one, sometimes we're not in the right location because we have to start in the hood, or number two, we don't have the money to to make our facilities look like the the, the, the what they're accustomed to, or number three, they're not going to have the, the 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 wow effect of all the lights and the cameras and all the stuff I was, I was saying earlier, and so so that's what you have, and and sometimes people become comfortable with that. They're like, well, you know what are they going to do? Uh, this is for real. I used to work for a pastor years ago, Gerard, where. Um, he had gotten so comfortable with his black minister of music in the car with him, he would put on Rush Limbaugh. Oh, my Lord. He would put on Rush Limbaugh on talk radio. Rush Limbaugh is dogging black people out. I'm in the car. 
And he, he, he my, my white pastor is not even thinking twice about me being in the car and, uh, until one day Rush said something so outrageous. I said, Pastor. And he said, what? I said, did you hear what he just said? He said, what? He was so inoculated to it. He was so accustomed to that kind of talk that he didn't even miss the, the, the inflammatory statement that Rush Limbaugh made. That's what's going on. And that's why I'm checking these guys on this. You know, um, Rick Warren um, did a tweet. I don't know if you saw. He said, um, the number one problem in America is that we want everything now. I responded and said, no, the number one problem in America is racism. Right. <laughs> Right. And, and the false, the false ideology of white supremacy, mm-hmm. and and, and uh, they don't respond to that because it's like they go, oh, it's like they get checked and they go, oh, well, he's just a, he's just a troublemaker. I'm not a troublemaker. Is that people are watching the church, right? And every white person is not racist, and every black person is well. I, I was going to say black person is not stupid. The majority of us are not, right? And for, for, for them to be pigeonholing and stereotyping and, and all the things that they do, no, we have to speak to it. And and, I, I, and one person made a good uh, argument. I want to bring it up about this thing with um with uh, Brian Houston. They said that I misunderstood what he was saying. Hmm. Yeah, they said they said that he he was one particular lady says that uh, well she he was speaking generally and and for all I know he was not speaking about the president of the United States. So my question is. What president is he talking about? What other president in the world was being blamed for, for uh, anything that was happening? Did I miss something? Hmm. You see? And so um, there, there are all, all kinds of arguments. And the whole um, truth of the matter, Gerard, is that people will do anything to defend someone they support and not say, listen, no, this person is wrong. Right. And, and, and he was wrong. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. We got something to say. Listen! Did you know that there is power in your words? Cement that with the brand new remixes to the single, It Is So, from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir. Pick up the remixes to It Is So from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, available now at all digital outlets. Let's go! Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. There there are so many places because there are some of these things that, that I definitely know firsthand in terms of, you know, whenever you've been part of a multicultural ministry, 
uh, as an African-American, there are certain things that you just have to deal with that uh, if the roles were reversed, our our Caucasian counterparts would never have to deal with. Um, You know, and and it's interesting. I was talking to one of my friends who's in a scenario like this, and we were saying how, you know, even as the African-American who attends that church, you rarely get the opportunity to speak up and speak out because of the fear of you don't want to be the angry black man. You don't want, you know, all these. And in many scenarios, and this is so interesting that so many now are looking to get maybe African-American worship leaders who can never ascend to being on the, the official pastoral staff, um, you know, and all of these types of things. And to your point, they don't really think a whole lot of it. So let me ask this question, and, and I've got two, but I want to start with this one. What do you say to the African American who is in a multicultural situation where you have uh, a pastor or a leader that may utter these types of things? Because again, you know, in multicultural ministries, Unlike many of our African-American ministries, usually you have multiple political parties, lots of people that you have to address, speak to, so on and so forth. And sometimes the political views of the pastor differs from the African-American parishioner. What does the African-American parishioner do if they're in this scenario? Well, you know, that's a good question. It's It's a great question. Many of the people that I counsel who, who have been damaged or were damaged in, in, in their youth were damaged in a family situation where they endured abuse for the sake of keeping the family together. Mm. And what I would say to an African-American person like that is you have to be you have to be true to yourself. You, if you sit in a situation and, and first of all, um, because. Because you, because the leader says not so, doesn't mean it is. It's not so. Right. I don't care what they say. You, you trust. God did not call us to be stupid. In other words, God, God didn't call me to um to to allow myself to be abused so I could be accepted. Right. I'm already accepted in the beloved by God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so, uh, it's not the will of God for you to sit in a church where they where they're saying um they're gaslighting you and telling you what you're seeing is not real. And it, and you're interpreting it wrong. I be, I think that that uh, African American member should should make an appointment and talk to their pastor. Don't take anything for granted, and make sure you understand what they're saying. What are you really saying? Because um, this is what I understand. Is that what you're saying? Make them or give them an opportunity to clarify what what their position is on certain issues. And if and if their position is um. Is anything other than the truth? Now, I'm not saying that if, if you have a difference of opinion in some areas that you just up and leave, but I'm saying if their position is totally against scripture and it's it's more cultural Christianity or based on a capitalistic uh, model, then you need to get up out of there. Yeah. You need to you you can't just stay there just to say, Well, I, I go to so and so church and, and and we need to get out of this name. You know, we treat churches sometimes like we treat our clothes. Like I'm wearing I'm wearing a a a Calvin Klein, I'm wearing this, and we're dropping people's name. I go to so and so's church. Man, forget that. What are you number one, are you getting the word? Number two, or is, is what they're saying correct? Number three, uh, uh, can they call a spade a spade? I was proud of a lot of these pastors that got up in their pulpits 
and say, I want to say it blatantly and, and quoting scripture saying the Bible says that we are all created equally in the image of God. Mm-hmm. If your pastor is not saying those words or some form of it, get up out of that place. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you're all doing plantation church. Wow. And I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm a pastor. I've been a, in pastoral ministry um, for over 20 something years. And I don't do that. I'm not going. I'm not going to. When we when when um if the ministry's wrong, I apologize. If 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 uh I don't always preach current events, but if the current event is enough to affect the, the um the congregation that I pastor, I will address it from a biblical perspective and say this is what the Bible says, this is what they're saying, the Bible is right. Right. That we owe that. Yeah, we, we, we owe that. That that's so so good. So here's my other question surrounding that. So there are those who will say, you know, well, from this one tweet, wow, look at what, what Hillsong has been doing. And, you know, all of you have been uh, patterning yourselves after this, and this is how they really feel. Um, here's my question. Should a person say, hey, you know, I, because he's not responded to this, you know, the heart of Hillsong is wrong, and I'm not listening to any more of their music. I'm, you know, because sometimes we do that. Sometimes we, you know, I think about Hulk Hogan, for instance, and, you know, how he was kind of blackballed from the WWE because of his racist tirade and things of that nature. Do we put Hillsong and Brian Houston in that space? Or do we kind of come back from it? Or do we, I mean, what do we, what do we do? Well, in this situation, I I posted about this on Instagram. And one of the things I said was this in no wise for me ruined his credibility. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bible tells a story of of Priscilla and Aquila in the book of Acts going to hear a, a brilliant young, a brilliant new young minister ministering. And his name was Apollos. And when they got there, he preached. Um, uh, they, they said he was mighty in the scriptures and he was very articulate, but he was preaching. He was preaching the baptism of John. He was preaching the way of the Lord, but not completely right. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was they hung around after he got finished preaching and they took him out to eat. And they explained to him the way of the Lord more properly. Yeah. And the yeah. Bible says in, now when you pick up in First Corinthians chapter three, when Paul is writing about Apollos, Apollos is, is one of the most respected voices in the church, um, because when uh, when Priscilla and Aquila, who were who were disciples of Paul, when they had the opportunity to hear him speak, and they found that he was a little off, instead of throwing him away or, or, or labeling him a, her- a heretic, they just saw the one part that he was a little off, and they had an opportunity to dis- uh, discuss it with him, and and he made the, the proper adjustments. Hillsong was chosen by God to start a worldwide movement of worship, um, to cross gap. Now, now, uh, when you listen to Hillsong's music, they remind me of that of that secular group called um, what's the name? Coldplay. Coldplay, yes. They remind me of Coldplay, and a lot of a lot of uh, of us. When I say us, I'm talking about a lot of the people in the African American church. Have um, have modeled ourselves after after Hillsong Jesus mm-hmm. culture, yeah. and because because it's what we found about it is much like Israel and New Breed. It it, it you know I don't, I don't know what it is, but black people are more willing to cross the, the racial line. We we want so much to be accepted by our white brothers and sisters in the body of Christ because 
that's what we got saved for. We got saved to be a part of this one body, right. one Lord, one church, one body, one spirit. And and we we will do we sing we will sing their songs. This is true. This is true. But but you won't find a lot of African American songs. And when I, I, I approach someone about it and they say, Well, you know, there's not a lot of scripture scriptural uh, clarity in, in in gospel song. I can argue that they are right in some in some respects. But the point I'm making is this is that I think that what we need to do with, with Hillsong is we need to look at their whole body of work, look at all that they've done, what they've stood for. And and I still think Brian Houston needs to speak to the statement he's made. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Are, are you a Trump supporter? And if you are, you are a Trump supporter, on what grounds? Are you supporting him because because he's anti um the liberal, um, the uh, liberal liberalism that you see in America is it because he's a, he has a conservative platform? What? what tell me what I, I need to understand. Because if you support him because of his rhetoric and the way he comes across, then you are and the spirit that that is of is antichrist. Right. That's antichrist. There's no way in the world that Jesus would have spoke to anybody like that or endorsed the way Donald Trump is speaking to people or the way he endorses hate groups. These are hate groups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, as a believer, you have nothing to do with hate. We we love love and we hate hate. Wow. That is, it's very true. And I think it's important. And I also think, because, you know, my concern with people just saying we're done with them is it, it puts people on a very short leash and a very tight rope that yeah. says that, you know what, you, you you can never see my personal or my personality defects because if you do, now it cancels everything out. Um, and I no, wonder... No, go ahead. Well, we don't, do, we don't do fragile relationship. I mean, Mm-mm. if it's fragile, it's not of the Lord. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes, there are times when our relationship can be thrown against the wall, dropped on the floor, sometimes stepped on, and we have to be able to come back from that. Right. You know, I think I think the um, and it's not based on what a person has brought to the body of Christ. It's it's for anyone. The Bible says um, that blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And I think we should be merciful in our in our approach to, it, but at the same time, make a demand that this. The Bible calls that dissemination. You we can't have dissemination because you're leading others astray. Right. I think much like, uh, you know, you mentioned Paul calling Peter to the carpet, I think it becomes important for us as believers before we throw somebody away to actually address it. I remember uh, last year with all of the things that were going down with all the shootings and things and, you know, churches were being so silent. um, I, I went to Facebook Live and I just really expressed my heart. Um, and, and said as so many words as how dare you ask me to worship with you and you use my gifts and yet you don't acknowledge my struggle and acknowledge my pain. Right. And um, I did almost everything but mention the church by name. <laughs> and um, it was just really it wasn't so much to get their attention. It was still trying to be respectful of the church, but I had to acknowledge the pain and what it did was it created dialogue with folks from the church and some of the pastors had watched and I didn't even know, but you know, they did and it created necessary dialogue. And I think sometimes we're put in positions to have the dialogue. So let me ask this because I, I don't think people ever think that the dialogue can happen. So my question is, what if 
the conflict came up so that there could be dialogue. How does a person arm themselves to be effective in the kind of dialogue that would bring about a change of perspective? That's a good question. And number one, I would say, it, well, not in any necessary order, but the, one of the things is this. you have to We have to go in with the mindset of, I'm not just here to speak, I'm here to listen. Right. And then also, I have to have a point of reference. The Lord himself has to be my point of reference, not just what he did. It's not just what, what would Jesus do or what did Jesus do, but how would Jesus approach this now? In, in other words, um, based on all that has happened and all that we're trying to accomplish, um, what, is, what does the Lord expect of me? I know what I expect of them, but what does the Lord expect of me? Right. And in the conversation, I have to be able to articulate my passion without becoming angry. Because the Bible says that the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Um, if I were given a platform, or not a platform, but an audience with, with, uh, with in, in this case, Pastor Houston, I would ask him a lot of questions as it relates to, um, number one, do you even understand the plight? Do you understand the struggle? Do you know really what this is about? Right. I would interrogate his, his knowledge of, of what makes people so vocal against this president. And 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 also, I would I would also reiterate for him, let's in case he missed it, why so much is being laid at the doorstep or the feet of this president. Why he's being blamed for this stuff is because while he may not be doing anything, there is a, a um an encouraging rhetoric. There's there's a a, 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 a provocative tone. He always keeps stuff stirring. He wants to be he wants to be in the news cycle. Whether it's positive or negative, he he acts like he's still on reality TV. Mm-hmm. In conversation, I think. That um, there has to be a, a not a, I said demand, but but a, a, a request, a, a strong request for sensitivity. Yeah, yeah. You may not be going through, it, but be sensitive to the fact that other people are going through it. You know, and and um, the, the the church right now is in a, in a strange place as it relates to um, I, I'll just say this: our evangelism has come to a screeching halt. We can't evangelize. Evangelism can't work with racism in play. That's true. It can't. If 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 um, we have to first fix our house, the house got to be dealt with before we bring people in. You are very right, and it's funny because I I really feel like you. It goes back to something you said at the start of this podcast, which is, it looks as though God is ready to deal with racism in the church. He is. And I think this could be the reason why this has been so front page news for the church really for the last four to five years. It's just been I mean, it's been, you know, it was there before, but I think really ever since really ever since the Obama presidency is where we really started to see this starting to peel back and now it's undeniable and i would just suggest you know it's very possible that there are many who are listening um who could be used as agents of change i mean you may be used to have these conversations with these folks and and one of the lessons that i learned in having some of these conversations which actually surprised me and i love the fact that you said go in with open ears because what i wasn't prepared for was for them to say i want to say something but i don't feel like i can because i'm not black and i've right. never been through it well and that disarmed me 
because I was ready to just say, I mean, how do you not see this? It's so obvious. It's so apparent, blah, blah, blah. And they're genuine people. And, and I think the other thing is you have to earn people's trust to be able to speak about such a sensitive issue because right. a lot of them, they don't know how to approach it. And because it's not a part of their everyday existence, you know, it doesn't have the same weight to them as it does to us. We deal with it every single day. I mean, yeah. there's no denying it. And they don't. Yeah. They don't. So, you know, so this is interesting. I really hope that you guys have learned something from today's session. And I really hope that it is arming you to be able to speak truth to power. But as we've mentioned before, with the with the intent of resolution and not revolution. And I think that that's going to really be something powerful. We definitely want to hear your thoughts on this. So uh, be sure to hit us up via social media and use the hashtag heart to heart. That's H-A-R-T, the number two, H-E-A. And we may mention some of your comments and questions in a future podcast episode. So we're looking forward to that. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and rate it on iTunes and Google Play. Share this with a friend as well. And we'll be back next time with more of On Course with Heart Ramsey.